Amen. This is a, a joyous day in the history of our church, a day in which we do give glory to God. And it's my privilege and joy to be here as a pastor and to witness what God has done. So I have the, the honor of delivering to both you, the Congregation of Grace, and also to Pastor Sa, a charge. And it is from the Word of God, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 6, and also from Paul's letter to Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. And in honor for the reading of God's Word, if you're able, please stand. Hear the word of the Lord. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. And Paul, this prison epistle, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that this that that is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. This is the word of the Lord. Yes, thanks be unto God. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father, as we've read your word, we pray that you would indeed open our eyes that we may behold wonderful truths from your word. For Jesus' sake, in whose name we pray. Amen. Today's message is titled, The Mystery of Christ. Don't you love a good mystery? 
Yeah, but this one is spoiled because the scripture tells us what it is. Yeah, but this message today is a charge to Joshua and, 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 to, and to you, the congregation of grace. And it's a message that reminds him and us that the church should not be a place where Christ is made more mysterious. Because, you know, sometimes the church can lose its way and lose its purpose in the culture in which she finds herself. In 1994, a genocide was taking place in the nation of Rwanda. It was the majority Hutu tribe killing nearly one million Tutsi minorities. And the killings happened in churches. It took place between Christians. And one priest, Jean Bosco, says, so many people were killed in our churches. So as a church, it was shocking and astonishing to see that. People no longer respected places of worship, and that was where more people were being killed. Uh, that's exactly the opposite of what the church is supposed to have been. And because of the killing, the killing took place in the church in Rwanda. You could say that, the, they, that the, they made Christ more mysterious. But our reading today reveals the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ is that through the gospel, the nations are united in Christ. This is what the text tells us. And so, therefore, the mystery of Christ is to be made known through the church. And as members, as members of Christ's church, the means, this means the mystery of Christ is the message we proclaim. It's the motive for living together and the maintenance of God's eternal purpose. So the mystery of Christ is the message that we proclaim. Paul writes, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. And in reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And he writes, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. So here the mystery is, is revealed. The mystery of Christ is the message we proclaim. And what is the mystery? It's, it's explained in verse 6 that through the gospel... The Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, sharers together in the promise in Christ. So the mystery of Christ, the gospel, is the secret behind the unity of the nations. Three times Paul says that Gentiles and Israel are together. He said that as heirs, as members of one body that shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. This means that the message that the man of God proclaims to the people of God is one that calls the nations to unite through the gospel. Is that a relevant message for today? 
<laughs> it most definitely, it most definitely is. So, Joshua, sir. That's how you say it, sir. Not Sue, sir. Let it be seared in your minds. <laughs> so, Joshua, you're, you're to be a servant. The Greek word is diakonos, which from we get our word deacon. You're a servant. You're, you're a servant of this gospel, one who executes the commands of his master, one who executes the commands of, 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 his, of his God. Verse 7 says, Paul says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. So you're executing the command of God when you proclaim this message. This, and the way that you're to think about it, the text tells us, is as a gift from God. It's not a message you thought up. It's not one you took up on your own. It didn't, it didn't come from you, but it is God's gift. Also, it's by his authority. The church, and see church, this is what we realize. This is, this is, this is what we are, this is what we are to recognize that, that the message the pastor proclaims is not his own idea. It's not, it's not his own authority. It's not his own power, but it's God's gift of grace and it's God's power at work in him, in this message. So pray to that end. Pray to that end. Pray that as Joshua preaches the mystery of Christ, he executes the command of God, managing the gift of God's grace by the power of God so that the nations come to unite through the gospel. Because the mystery of Christ is the message we proclaim. But it's also the motivation for our living together. See, Paul writes, although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. See, verse 8 is the proper response for the man of God and the people of God. Because you see Paul's response, his response is, is humility. He said, I'm less than the least of all God's people. See, Paul he doesn't, he doesn't step up and, and start proclaiming, uh, I'm a child of the king. I'm, oh, I'm a prince. He doesn't do that, does he? No, and he doesn't whip out his list of credentials. He doesn't talk about his theological training. He's not, he doesn't, <laughs> you know, he says, no, I'm less than the least of all God's people. And see, so he's not bragging. He's not bragging about how humble he is either. <laughs> he, but he's, setting the contrast between the man and the message. How grand a message for so low of a man. See, the mystery of Christ changes the heart of a person. Because, you know, Paul is no longer a bigot. He had been one. He's no longer, he's no longer the proud Jew. He no longer held in contempt these Gentiles. As he's sitting in prison, it reminds them, I am in prison for this very reason. And he now sees that, that this is a great privilege to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. In verse 9, he wants to let that light of Christ shine. He says, 
to make plain, this is, his, this is his calling, to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. That phrase, make plain, means to light up, as Jeff was talking about Epiphany, that this, is, this, this, this was just a perfect passage for this day. You know, he's to light it up. He is to illuminate. You know, this is, this is what God did at creation, isn't it? The first thing he did. Let there be light. And in the, and in the gospel, and what we read in Isaiah, he is saying again, arise, shine, your light, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. See, the light has come to you. It's not the light from you. It's not the light that you generated. It's the light that God has given to you. And that light, the scripture says here, is the glory of God that draws the nations. But notice the text says, the nations will come to your light. So this is a reference to Christ. It is a reference to Christ. And certainly, the visit from the Magi bringing their, their gifts represents the kings being drawn They're drawn to his light. However, when Christ ascends, as Christ ascends, he leaves the the church here on earth. He now draws the nations by the light, via the light that he gives to the church. How does he do that? Well, verse 9 tells us, Paul says that he makes plain. He makes plain the administration of the mystery of Christ. But what what does that mean? Well, that word administration in the Greek, it's the word koinonia, which is our word that sometimes it's translated fellowship. So it's, it's a rich communal meaning that it has. It's, it speaks of intimacy. It speaks of, of, of community. It, it speaks of, of oneness. It speaks of, of sharing life. And scripture is teaching us that the, the, what draws the nations to our light is our fellowship. Our koinonia. You see, the church, the church included the rich and the poor. It included the slaves and the free. And it was slave and free who, and the slave along with their masters, inside of the church, and they embraced one another as brother and sister. It was a place where, where people knew they belonged. In their communities, they, they, they were ones that, that shared a kiss. The kiss of peace. And they called each each other brother, sister. See, no other Roman society would do this and or could produce that kind of love. Historian Jan Brimmer, she she writes this, she says, We will never be able to understand the rise of Christianity if we do not take into account such intense feelings as we never hear of them in members of other contemporary pagan cults and religions. So in the time, there was never, that did not take place. But in the church, it did, and it drew people. Now, so the mystery of Christ that gives us the motivation for living together energizes us to display that kind of deep love for one another in community. See, brothers and sisters... The light of Christ has risen upon us. Hallelujah. 
Therefore, it behooves us to let the mystery of Christ, let the mystery of Christ motivate our living together. And cultivate, cultivating living together calls for us to form a habit of responding to the mystery of Christ and the maintenance of God's eternal purpose. Good verse 10. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So this verse tells us that the church, the mystery of Christ, God is showing off. God, God is showing off. God was intent on showing the angels and, and the powers of the heavenly realms his variegated, multicolored wisdom. That's what that word manifold means. Multicolored. It was, see, it was believed, and still should be believed, it was believed that different nations had angels. And we get a picture of this in Daniel chapter 9. You remember, recall what happened in Daniel 9. Daniel has this dream, and there's this man. He has this vision of a man, and it disturbed him so much that it, Daniel was left helpless. He, you know, he's, he, he, he's, he's, he's left without any power to stand. And then the man spoke to him and said, I've been trying to get to you, Daniel. From the time when Daniel had the vision, Daniel sought to pray and find out exactly what in the world this meant. And he said, I've been trying to get to you to let you know from the day you started praying, but the prince of Persia hindered me. Who was he talking about? He wasn't talking about a man. He wasn't talking about a man. He was talking about some angel. And he says, and he said, and he goes on to say that this, this prince delayed him, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me get to you. Ah, I see there's a, there's a battle that's taking place. There's, there's a fight that's happening. And there are powerful beings in the heavenly realms at work to which God is showing the church to them. Craig Keener, in his commentary on this, he, he, he writes this about this, about this, 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 this passage. He says, he says that these, these heavenly realms, these, these beings in the heavenly realms, witness the unity of the church displaying the rule of God whose authority transcended that of the angels and all earthly boundaries. The church, a people destined to bring eternal glory to God, represents God's ultimate purpose in history, and all Christians should find their life's purpose in their role, in that ultimate purpose. You're looking to fulfill your identity. You're looking to fulfill what it means to be human, what it means to love God. Here it is. Now what about that? No pressure, right? (laughs) It's only angels and every sort of, 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 of every sort who, who are watching to see how we maintain the unity that the mystery of Christ has given to us. How can you preach these things? How can the church live these truths in a day when people want unity but don't believe in a transcendent God 
who has given it. How? How can we let the light shine when the darkness seems so strong? The dark events of of last Wednesday of a group of protesters breaking into the Capitol building and darkness. The mutual finger-pointing coming from Republicans and Democrats alike. And both sides calling for for healing and and peace and unity, but neither willing to repent. Wouldn't you love to hear somebody stand up and say, let's repent. Let's turn to our God. Let's, Let's give ourselves to him. But we don't hear that. So how can, how can the church reveal the mystery of Christ? Well, back to the rest of the story of Rwanda. I only told you part of the story earlier. But now, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. Gene Bosco, the parish priest, said, So, as faith leaders, we decided to think of a way that we can help lead the country in a different direction because we had lost so many of our brothers and sisters. That is why we thought about bringing Christians together and how they can bring together those who are perpetrators and those who are victims to join them together with the Word of God. So we took the Word of God to prisons and to communities where victims and survivors were. We took the word of God everywhere. Yeah. So you see what they're doing. Those who were hacking people to death are going to those victims who lost their families. And they're taking the word of God and they're bringing the two together. So they're they're intentionally pursuing reconciliation. So how can the church... Reveal the mystery of Christ to our nation? Take the word of God everywhere the breaches exist. Take the word of God everywhere that the breaches exist. So Pastor, Pastor Saw, Joshua, this is what you are to do. Everywhere that the breach exists, take the mystery of Christ there. Grace Church, this is what you are to do. Take the Word of God, everywhere, everywhere the breach exists, where, you know, we take it everywhere internally, where the breaches exist internally. We take the Word of God, we take the Gospel there in our hearts, individually, collectively. We take it everywhere, we take it everywhere the, the externally that the breaches exist. We, we take it into our fellowship, into our neighborhoods, into our, among our families and friends, to our jobs. See, the mystery of Christ is that through the gospel, Israel and Gentiles, the nations, are united. In the mystery of Christ, we have the message of Christ and we have the motive for living together and the maintenance of God's eternal purpose. We hear the gospel again from our Rwandan brothers and sisters. This is Pastor Daniel Ladima. He said, when people come to Christ, they become part of one family that, has, that is brought together in Christ's sacrifice. Unity is hard work. I want you to reflect on how you see other people who are Christians. Do you have a problem? In most cases, when people have a problem with their nuclear family members, they try to work it out. The same should be true of brothers and sisters in Christ. There are walls people are building, but 
when one truly comes to Christ, Christ breaks those walls down. What Christ has done through his flesh and through his body, being crucified and put to death, he died for your sins. We are all Christians because Christ died for our sins. Hallelujah. Yeah, the God, through Jesus Christ, has brought the light of his glory to us. And he calls us to arise and shine. And, you know, since Grace Church began this journey of moving from, from, from mono-ethnic to multi-ethnic over, over 20 years ago, the Lord has sovereignly drawn the nations to us, at least 22 nations the last I counted. There, at least 22 nations are, are present in our congregation. And that God brought to us Joshua, uh, see, you know, when we were looking, we thought we were looking for a unicorn. <laughs> you know, you know, the gifts and the skills that God has given to Joshua, we, did, we, we, we didn't know that they existed or how we were even going to find them. But God brought Joshua uh, to us, and it affirms to us that we are pursuing making the mystery of Christ known. Hallelujah. So don't hold in contempt. Don't hold in contempt what the Lord is doing. It takes strength from the gospel message and be encouraged that the mystery of Christ is preached. Enter, enter, ensure that, that that fellowship continues to draw the nations as we together plumb the depths of the unsearchable riches of Christ. And pray that Joshua is, is empowered as a steward to make plain to everyone the fellowship of this mystery through faith in Christ brothers and sisters, take advantage of the gift of God's grace. This gift that says you and I have freedom and confidence to approach God. And if you ask, how can we be sure? How can I be sure that, that this will work? Well, we are assured that it will work because on the cross, as Jesus died, remember what happened? The veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, signifying that there is now access to God for both Jew and Gentile. And then the temple is destroyed in AD 70, saying that God has a new temple, the church, his people. And Christ ascended on high to bring to us the Father. Yeah, see, the mystery of Christ, the mystery of Christ is good news for the end of segregation. Hallelujah. How grand a message. I'll close with this. This, this one is an, an old commentary, old pulpit commentary. If you, you, know, you can get any Bible program and it would have this for free. But, but this, this, this is just great, the, the, the language that's used in this commentary. The writer says, The gospel has aspects of blessing beyond this world. It carries important lessons to the principalities and powers. It shows the manifold wisdom of God, shows how all classes and varieties of mankind are brought to God by the cross of Christ, assimilating all characters, overcoming all alienations, demolishing all walls of separation, and building up all together in Christ Jesus. One great conclusion. 
In every sense, the success of the gospel is very glorifying to God. It illustrates his perfections. It glorifies his son. It educates the very angels. And thus, it carries forward the grand purpose of God in the creation of the world. To him be glory forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we have a story to tell to the nations. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Indeed, you have given to us a, a great message. As, and as pastor and, and as your people, as the body of Christ, enable us by your spirit to let your light shine in the midst of our dark world for the glory of your name. Amen.